Let's spread a song so you can sing along with one special guest star or two. You like to sing and dance, and this podcast by chance explores musicals for you. Hello everyone, welcome back to another episode of Life's But a Song, a podcast that likes to live in the land of musicals. I'm your host John and with me today is a new guest of the pod. He's a fellow podcaster. Uh, he's the host of the Rewatch, the Rewatch Recap and Dustin Can Read and Watch podcasts. It's Dustin Holden, everyone. Woohoo! Yay! I feel like I'm like running down the steps of like The Price is Right or something. <laughs> I, Monty chose you. <laughs> Come on down. <laughs> um, and we're here today to discuss a movie that I didn't tell anything to Dustin about. And I don't know if he really listened to this podcast, but I have some stories. Uh, we're here to talk about Camp, the 2003 Woo! cult classic. Cult it's movie? 20 years old now. Yeah. Yeah. Almost but 20 years old. But I feel like not enough people know about it, so I want to call it a cult film. Oh, yeah, totally. It's called a cult. Yeah. Uh, so this movie was written and directed by Todd Graff. And according to IMDb, after a series of Broadway flops, songwriter Burt Hanley Dixon, the actor's last name, uh, goes to work at a musical camp for young performers. Inspired by the kids, he finds an opportunity to regain success by staging an altogether new production. So that's no. what IMDb said? <laughs> that's what IMDb said. IMDb has this off. This is nothing about... It makes him sound like he's the lead of this movie. He is not the lead of this movie. <laughs> yeah, he is as tertiary as D. Like He is, he is sub-story. He is B-story. He is not A-story. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so really, let me let me see what Amazon says about it. Oh, they have the same thing, because Amazon and IMDb are one and the same at this point. Um, but really, this is about a theater camp with about the kids at the theater camp we follow three mm-hmm. of them we follow vlad ellen and michael yes. played by daniel letterly uh joanna chilcote and robin de jesus respectively obviously there's other kids it, mm-hmm. if, it's weird watching this movie i've seen this so many times yeah. that i was just like they want those three to be the lead, but it's also an ensemble piece. Like, um, I don't know how. how it's a little rough. Some of it's a little rough as far as like the storytelling aspect. Because there's all these little sub stories for all these other kids. Right. And like, this is, I think this is Anna Kendrick's first movie or yeah. first big movie where she has a strong role in it. Um, Rob, Like I said, Robin DeJesus is in this and those two blue i'm surprised i'm not surprised about robin de jesus i'm i am surprised about anna kendrick that she blew up as much as she did like i thought they were serving up like daniel letterly or or joanna chilcote or even alana allen who played jill well you know she was on that um search for the next partridge family show against emma stone and emma stone won (laughs) For that part <laughs> even though they made a pilot and they never premiered it it's still that's what happened it's oh my god but for camp how did you hear about this movie i don't know i think there's a small well it was indie it was it's a it's a chain but it's like the theater that shows all the indie films and um i guess i saw it 
I might oh I know where I probably saw it because it was 2003 right so mm-hmm. um when E um television uh they had that coming attraction show and they would just show trailers interesting and I think I saw it on there uh I saw a trailer for it on there and I was like oh that looks like fun and I was I liked doing theater at the time and then I'm not saying I don't like doing it now but it's um it was more like I was more, more of a passion yeah yeah and so i was like i want to go see it so um you know i can't remember if i went with a friend or not but then i ended up bringing friends back to it who were my high school friends that i was still friends with because i was 22 so i was like i really like this this was fun you know oh see i was the target audience for this movie when it came out my (laughs) friend and i we went to i'm gonna this uh so spoilers everyone this is the episode that john's gonna get super personal Uh (laughs) uh-oh (laughs) um in high school i went to a camp for the arts Mm -hmm. um so like that you could choose to like be in band chorus theater whatever and at the and my friend and i um i don't know how we heard about it but when this movie came out we saw it in the art house theater the one that played all like the ifcs and like I guess uh, if A24 was around back then, they would play those movies as well. Okay. Um, and we definitely watched this. I became obsessed with this movie and I introduced it to my high school's GSA. So G- GSA. Oh, oh. A Straight oh, Alliance. We didn't have that in my school. So. Oh, yeah. So um, I would. At- but wait, when were you in high school? <laughs> I was in high school during when this movie came out. Okay. I was, I was yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, also happy end of pride month, everyone. Woo! We're going to be, it's going to be a super gay episode as well. I know that's, that's funny. Yeah. That is kind of funny. Cause yeah. So to keep going on with my personal journey with this movie, um, became obsessed with it, watched it over, over time. And then in 2012, I started working at Stage Door Manor, which is where they filmed this. And this is what it's about. Oh, okay. So, a, well, yeah, because he wrote, he went there, apparently. He, the I can't Graf. remember if he went there or if he worked there. I thought he went there, but he might have just worked there. I don't know. But he so, was there. <laughs> In any regard, he was there. <laughs> so, why, I mean, I worked there for four summers and like it's ingrained, like, the locations of where they are at the camp, as well as the places that they just made up. Yeah. Yeah. You're like, that wasn't there. That's yeah, it's not always funny. That the, the waterfall and the lake at the end are not there at all. <laughs> <laughs> um, But yeah, this, this movie is, it holds a special place in my heart. And I mean, thank you for picking it by the way. Um, I'm just, well, I've never I, seen anybody talking about it. So I thought, why not? Why not? I mean, it's so this is I had to also separate myself from watching this because like I again, I know the camp now and like there this is a teen movie where it's like when it's set in a high school and they don't go to class, but like they're always Mm -hmm. in the hallways of the school. Yeah, you never see them in rehearsals. Like they say they have to go to rehearsal. but. Or, like, there's barely any adult supervision around. Yeah, like, where are they? I mean, this is a camp, no? There, are there no... I, mean, I thought usually there's an adult or at least, a, a, like, a, 
a, a an older person who stays in the cabin with you <laughs> yes yeah or a counselor you know yeah <laughs> some kind of oh, i said a counselor but yeah because still usually it's an adult it's usually or at least a really you know advanced teenager <laughs> well so i could tell you and i'm sorry i'm gonna like tell all stage door stories probably or behind the scenes stuff but like when you're they hire 21 year olds 21 and over okay um because the the camper age gap is from 10 to 18 okay so they want to have a little more of like an adult presence obviously more of an age gap between those two yeah 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 so like uh and and fun fact um they won't hire former campers to work there because they want they want the campers to have the camp experience and to remember that and not peek behind the curtain. Oh, okay. Because when you're in a, when you're an adult, like it's, it's a lot of work. Like the, um, so the big, the major difference between this movie and what actually happens at stage door is that when you're a camper there, you're only there for three weeks total and you do a production. Like, so in this movie, they talk about how they do a new show every two weeks and everything, and then there's a big benefit at the end. That's that's made up for this movie. Yeah. So you pay you uh, you send your parents send their kids here for three weeks, and then you get uh, a couple performances, and like you could stay another like if you paid for another session, you could stay or you go off to other camps or whatever. So, but as staff, you're there for like twelve weeks because okay. you're you're doing. The, the, the whole summer the whole summer <laughs> and so like when i was there we could they had 14 shows going on in those three week in the three week session mm-hmm. and i was hired as one of the costume designers and working there i was in charge of two of those 14 shows so i was leaving the summer with like six shows designed on on my resume which was great. Oh, good. That's awesome. But also a shit ton of work. <laughs> well, because <laughs> like, because there's that scene in the costume shop when in the movie and they're talking and I'm like, no camper is allowed to work. There. <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 no. And they have that that uh, very unfortunate discussion. Anna Kendrick. Mm-hmm. So oh, I know. Uh, so I'm going to try not to talk too much about Stage Door because watching okay. this. Like I actually worked at a theater. I never went to camp growing up at all. I did not go to camp. We okay. I went to a day camp where they just dropped you off for the day and came, you know, that's not really a thing. Yeah. But I did work at age 19, maybe 20. I worked um at a theater camp for two weeks. And it's a Delta State University in Mississippi, because that's where I'm at. I'm in Mississippi. Oh, nice. And um so I worked there for two weeks and it was like I stayed in dorms. It wasn't like a cabin experience. It wasn't like anything like that, but we got to, and then at the end of the two weeks, they performed this big number in the big college. Oh, that's pretty cool. Amphitheater. And it was really neat. And it was really cool. It was fun. And you know, it's kind of cool taking some classes too. because <laughs> I got to take them too. Cause I had to take them to these classes. <laughs> so one, one more thing about stage door and I, I promise it'll be the, maybe the end and we'll talk, eventually talk about this movie, but um, so the way that it's set out, it's like probably around 50 years ago now, right? Yeah. They renovated a former um, 
like vacationing spot that that's in Dirty Dancing, you know, where Mm -hmm. where they go and the resort kind of like that is a real place that is right next door to where stage door is. And so Mm -hmm. you have these buildings around and like they had to build um, a couple of stages and but like you are literally outside. (laughs) (laughs) You are you are those buildings like it's oh, God, so many memories. (laughs) I'm so jealous I never got to go to camp growing up. I I mean, it's one of those things. I watch like stuff like Salute Your Shorts or like Camp Nowhere and, you know, things like that. And I'm well, like, so oh, I want to go there. The Camp for the Arts that I went to was also a day camp. It wasn't mm-hmm. a sleepaway camp. So okay. I also never went to a sleepaway camp. Oh, okay. Which, which working at a sleepaway camp and it is very, as an adult, is very interesting to say the least. Because um, yeah. like you're working there, but like you're far from home and I'm not going to lie, though, up there, the Wi-Fi was pretty shit, so. <laughs> yeah, you're in the woods, so. I mean, here in sense. the woods, but watching this movie, obviously, it's set in 2002, 2003, depending on when they actually filmed it, and it, I was like, this is such a time capsule. <laughs> yeah, just for a lot of things. I mean, the fashion alone, like. Fashion, the hair, the when that opening shot of in Vlad's room and you see all the posters on the ceiling and down the wall, it got mm-hmm. me thinking, I was like, do kids do this still? Like, do they plaster? Buy posters really. Right. Cause you have Instagram and, uh, and I mean, maybe, I don't know. Yeah. No one buys many magazines. Like remember I used to make collages out of like pictures from magazines and put them on my door. Yes. And yeah. yeah. And I don't think people do that very much anymore. It's kind of sad. <laughs> But I, but you know I was just watch like rewatching this and I was just like this is I I can see the flaws now after like over oh, time yeah. you I see mean, the yeah. flaws and you, you understand. totally see the flaws and the flows like okay it's not as you know what I mean not as good as it, the first time I watched it I was like I was just like oh this is fun you know I get to see kids perform I love watching perform especially like ensemble performances I love it I've always loved that like choirs which was I, we talked about Glee before. And I'm like, yeah, I like choir type stuff and and ensemble productions, and I just really love them. So that's why I've always was like, oh, I love this movie, and I love the how it it grabbed a bunch of different songs from different productions and used it throughout. And it was really, and I, I at this point in time, I hadn't known some of these songs or even some of these productions because I'm in Mississippi. We're not that, but we're not that good about exposing people to culture down here. <laughs> so, and also, the internet wasn't as expansive as it Mm-mm. is now exactly so like the, the, you had to use whatever search engine because this is pre-google everyone haha <laughs> we're showing our ages and how old we probably, are i think it was probably aol at that point for me yeah yeah ask Jeeves was around Ooh. yeah something like that <laughs> oh no <laughs> but um i i was looking up also the songs and i believe i believe and you could correct me, Dustin, or, you know, listeners, you can write in. At, uh, but I think the only original song in this is The Want of a Nail, the f- mm-hmm. ending credits song. Because yeah. I had to look up uh, Century Plant, which they say that Bert Hanley wrote, is actually by Victoria Williams. And she's yeah. Like, I thought that was weird. I was like, "Why would you say another person wrote this in this movie that has real like songwriters in it?" <laughs> and <laughs> it doesn't make sense. Oh, and Why potentially, would... here's where I stand is also a 
new song. That one makes yeah. sense, though. It really makes sense for oh, the moment. It's written by Michael Gore and Lynn Ahrens. Welcome back, Lynn Ahrens. <laughs> it's been a while. <laughs> I also... Well, I, it's still been a while. It's been 20 years. <laughs> well, I mean, back to the podcast, I mean. Oh, There's, okay, okay. <laughs> uh, she's been on before. That name has oh, been around. Okay. Uh, but I also, I also want to throw... Th- a wrench into it so there's that scene where crap i'm bad with a lot of these ensemble names because they fly by sean and Petey um are talking to oh, about fiddler yeah and they say and uh whatever the count the head guy in charge's name who's unimportant says like there's not enough people of color or black kids at the camp to do we look like any jews you know (laughs) right however comma the opening song how shall i see you through my tears is from the musical the gospel at colonus which Mm -hmm. is in which and i'm reading this verbatim from wikipedia it's an african-american musical version of sophocles's tragedy of oedipus at colonus so I'm calling bullshit on the fact that he says that we can't do these shows when clearly they did. No, he's tired of doing it year after year and not doing. No, no. I mean like uh, the, the adult, the person in charge is like, we, we can't do a lot of these shows because we don't have. Oh, the color, the people of color, people of color to do it. And I'm like, but we did it. (laughs) I mean, I, I'm a. I'm also a little confused if that's actually. I don't know. I don't know if that's just like the spirit of the movie is singing to the to introduce the characters. You know what I'm saying? Like that kind yeah. of narration singing type of thing, kind of. But like they're in costumes and they're I on know. a set piece with torches. But they didn't go. They weren't at camp at that point. Or they were go to they... camp after that. After, that's when the credits roll, and they end up going to camp. So was that a flash forward? Was it a? Uh... Was it a flashback from the year prior? I don't know because Michael wasn't there. Michael was there the year before, so was Ellen. No, Michael was shows up at the end of the song. Oh, that's what uh, he does. He shows up in shirtless, wearing like black pants, while everyone else is in warm colors. And they're keeping, yeah, they're they're holding him, kind of, mm-hmm. yeah, nestling. But I think I don't think it actually is part of what the, a performance at camp. I think it's like maybe it's in his head because he said he went somewhere. Remember when they were hitting him oh. and he went to camp. And that's I think that's what he was saying in his head. Because like I I can justify the one of the one of a nail being in a, another space where it's supposed to be. Now they're they are the actors. They're not playing characters. It's they are playing themselves in a way. I feel like and it's a celebration uh, of yeah a celebration of theater and movies expressing and yourself and, yeah. and everything yeah. So uh, this is my last episode for Pride Month. Happy Pride Month, everyone. I <laughs> I was thinking, yeah, yeah. I just you, love how you keep saying it, and you're like, and for Pride Month, Happy Pride Month, everybody. Because <laughs> <laughs> we get a month for fuck's sake, so, and I'm only doing two weeks worth of material <laughs> for Pride. <laughs> but I was just wondering, Michael. I may have been reading a little too much this time watching it. Or because, like, we're learning more about gender and identity. So he does call himself a drag queen, but, like, is he? Or 
do we think that he's trans or would he be considered trans today like if they made this movie today type of thing probably that i would say and i think in this movie this context because it wasn't so visible i mean there were trans people around there were and i knew some in high school i knew some trans people um and but i don't think they even called themselves trans they just kind of say that they don't belong in yeah they're they're not in the right body they dress like the opposite gender than what they appeared to be uh, you know Mm -hmm. or um and so stuff like that and then you know and took on mannerisms of the opposite sex or whatever you want to say i don't know how you say opposite without it's odd it's an odd thing to talk about but um it's not it's it's kind of weird it's kind of weird to navigate so i and so if i offend anybody i'm very sorry (laughs) i'm not but like i feel like i'm I, I had the same conversation when I did West Side Story and we talk about anybody's mm-hmm. because or anybody, whatever the actual character's name is, because I feel like it's up to the interpretation of like whenever you do a production of that uh, to that actor, whether they just want to hang out with the boys and they're more comfortable in pants or if they are actually trans. And mm-hmm. so that got me thinking about Michael in this movie where I'm like, so you showed up to your dance in the in a dress and a wig and full beat makeup and everything. So I don't know, but like mm, it, it this is a it's an interesting area that I feel like we could have a debate. Over. Yeah, it wasn't like <laughs> I think of drag. I think of somebody performing, not going to a regular school dance or a regular outing. Yeah, you know, like so... the, the birthday party that is in this movie. That's drag. Yeah, because they were all they're, dressing up to you know their characters, right? Yeah, we're like, um, Ellen is like a, God, that is wild what they styled this that actress in for that one. But like, you know, you've got like Petey as the little old lady and uh, his brother Sean is like the disco goddess. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. so they are characters, but I'm not sure if Michael, when he's in uh, dresses, is still i mean i guess we just need robin de jesus to come to write in because i know he's i think maybe michael might be non-binary maybe not trans oh okay okay so maybe just whatever the feeling at the moment is you know and that's not i love this for them yeah i i like that you know and i like how and i think um not knowing that you know not knowing about non-binary i mean that's a new thing for some people and it's a lot i mean there's some i I've known people who are non-binary, but I didn't know that term. You know what I mean? Like you, yeah, you didn't know the term to like. Okay, that's okay. That makes sense. That like, okay, you know. I feel like I feel like we called, especially uh, people who are non-binary who were assigned female at birth. We just called them tomboys. Mm-hmm. At back 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 in ye olden days, everyone. Um, but I think now we have this dialogue, this com- this new this word that it's kind of new but like also i i i i could see michael also being non-binary yeah um because yeah just the way that and the cool thing about being non-binary is there's such a spectrum of it you know what i mean yes so like he probably leans more masculine at one time and swings feminine other days you know yes and it's not always in the middle i (laughs) I was watching it and like whenever it, like Michael's in drag or like whenever anybody is in drag, you I just look at the eyebrows because you know I've watched RuPaul's drag race. I know. 
I, I, I've known of the, the glue stick method and all that, but like those eyebrows, man, that makeup artist got them down, <laughs> <laughs> got the natural eyebrow to like be invisible. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's, I've never been able to, you know, I, I've done like, uh, I guess drag, if you would say it in, in uh, plays and whatnot. And it literally is drag because it's supposed to be for comic effect. It's not, you know what I mean? Like it's kind of kids in the hall drag where they just put on the wig and the dress and that's about it. And like you a lips, smear lips. Yeah. And it's not really like, like, yeah, it's not like doing the makeup to wear a contour, my nose and my, you know, cheekbones. And I don't do all that, but um, yeah. So I can't imagine, I think I did the, the, glue thing i did rocky horror i like dressed up as frankenfurter and performed sweet transvestite and so i had like a um, and like that that is one that doesn't have to be perfect no it doesn't so it really wasn't anyway so <laughs> and it was on stage you can't really tell so um yeah so i i know that so when i see that and when somebody i'm like how do you do that how do you get them down so flat and you would never know you had eyebrows there <laughs> like how and like oh glue i'm like there ain't no way it's just a glue stick <laughs> yeah it is it, you get the purple glue stick just so this way you know when it's dry and then you go to town with it there's so many youtube tutorials at this point i'm sure there is but my gosh <laughs> um Let's talk about Vlad for mm-hmm. a hot second, because watching this as well, we have other words to now describe what Vlad is. And because I wrote down Vlad is proof of toxic masculinity. <laughs> well, I thought I was, yes, an asshole. But like, all, there's that scene. More so, I'm more so thinking like that scene that he's staring in the mirror and he's like, your mom's dead. She got hit by a car and he's trying <laughs> to be sad, but then he does like a karate move or something. Yeah. And I was like, this is just like epitome or like the definition of like how it was to be a male, a teen male at the time, because you're taught not to like show emotions to suppress them and everything. And like, it's just like, ah. Oh. As so much every as time he is... gets vulnerable, he has to like, I've got to do this karate move. Karate right. moves, yeah. And like, it's just, it's just another another example of how it's a time capsule, but in a negative way. <laughs> like, oh, yeah. we can make fun of the fashions and we can be nostalgic about um, set decor, like decoration of your room or like, or anything. But like that, I'm just like, this needs, th- I'm glad this is changing. It's not oh, fully changed, but like over time. <laughs> Well, that's the great thing about his character's storyline, though, is that he gets called out by the end of, like, his BS, you know, like, hey, yes. this whole thing is not cool. And then, you know, Michael finally figures it out, and he's like, you know what? I don't like you anymore. And he's like, come on, you want to like me? You like He had to be liked. He had to be liked by everybody. Because, like, and, I... oh, go, 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 sorry, continue. <laughs> no, and, like, he was, you know, he was, he had to be liked by everybody. And so, and then also that masculine thing where he just wouldn't let himself get close. So he wouldn't let himself get close to girls or boys or anybody. He just wouldn't get close to anybody. He wouldn't open up. And he can't even open up to himself in the mirror. Like, that's what's really screwed up. And then he gives you his whole story. There's one time he opens up and he tells me the whole story about being OCD, about how he has to break down numbers when he talks and stuff. I never understand that. You don't? Like, the what Like what exactly? It, 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 is it OCD? It, it is OCD? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, because it, it's something he has to do. He compulsively has to do it, and he keeps doing it until it ends in a prime number. He has to make it end in a prime number. 
Well, so like he says the numbers and I'm like, these don't add up right though. You talk about saying however many, so it's however many letters in a word uh, that he has to count. The number of letters in a word and he he adds it in a sentence. And then he adds them up, whatever's in the sentence until it reaches a prime number. But there's some of them that it doesn't work out that way. I don't know, but I did some quick math. (laughs) I did some quick math. Blah, 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 blah. Like, wait, what? What did I just? Um, <laughs> yeah, I'm not a mathematician. I didn't pay attention that much. I just kind of took it for its word. But <laughs> I mean, I, I don't know if you if you remember this, but Mad TV wa- had this one skit called "Pretty Pe- Pretty People with Problems" or "Pretty White People with Problems," something like that. And I was just like, mm, he's a he's a pretty white person with yeah. problems. <laughs> yeah, you know that sucks. And you know, but not- I understand what he's saying though. Um, being I am autistic, so. When it's really hard for me in social situations, it's really hard for me to just be, I can do one-on-one like this, totally fine. But like going to a party or just meeting a group of people and I'm always the one who goes, oh, I got to listen to everybody because I don't know how to be right now. I don't know what version of me I can project. I, You know what I mean? Like, so I like shut in. But if I get to do a play or anything like that, I don't have to worry about that. All those thoughts, all that, everything I can just do. And then I, I have so much oh. more fun. Okay. It's so much more fun. I'm so much more relaxed because I don't have to worry about it. And that's the thing that he's trying to tell you in that scene is that he's constantly doing this thing. He's adding up numbers all the time in his head. And then when he's doing a play, he doesn't have to because that's not him. It's somebody else. He's becoming somebody else. And I'm like, okay, I I respect that explanation because I totally understand it. Interesting. You know, from that I, point of view. I am not. So I guess I had a little more, a little difficulty understanding what little knowledge I, I personally know of people with OCD. I don't know of that as a, mm-hmm. as an actual thing, the counting of numbers and things like that. Yeah. It's just different so, for everybody else. It's, it's, it's the compulsive thing. It doesn't matter what it is, you know, and okay. you know, people are like, Oh, I'm OCD. I like things clean. That's not OCD. That's not what that is. It's just being it's a clean when, freak. <laughs> no, if unless you like, this has to be clean or everybody's going to die. That's a different, you know I'm like? It's all about, Oh, or you feel like you're going to, you know, explode. Like it's, it's bad. It's not like just, I just like it neat. No, it's like, if you don't clean it, it something bad's going to happen. That kind of thing. You know, it's a completely different direction that everybody goes in with it. And it's really not the case, but I'm autistic. So it's a, it's a completely different, you know, I'm neurodivergent, basically, in general. Yeah. So that's OCD, that's autism, that's ADHD. It's, you know, there's several other things fall into that category. So it's it's a thing that a lot of neurodivergent people, if you've ever noticed, there are a lot of us in the entertainment industry, oh, a yeah. lot of creatives and stuff, because our minds work in a different way, which I think works in our favor, you know, to be able to create and do things what you wouldn't expect, you know, so I think that's always really fun. And this is 2003 that somebody's saying this. Like, that's still, I, I know it's not that long ago. It's only 20 years ago. But, like, it's weird that, like, even in media, neurodivergency wasn't talked about that Mm-mm. much. So, like, this is kind of, like, a big deal. And to a younger audience, too. Yeah. You know, or younger, my age, you know, t- early 20s into teens, you know, so... Yeah, like yeah. between between our ages, we're and we it made me understand audience. what OCD was a little bit more when I saw it. You know, I was like, okay, that's not what everybody says it is. And then okay. you know, I find out later on, yeah, that's right. That's this is closer to OCD than just See, being. I like this convers- I like this conversation more than what he says because I understand it now. 
<laughs> he, sometimes, you know. Yeah, sometimes I just need to, we need to talk about it instead of you spewing out numbers that don't add up. Wait, wait what? Huh? What? Yeah, they don't. Um, that last one that he does, I did the math and it does not add up. <laughs> I have not done the math. So I do not know this. <laughs> but, like, so, but like, to continue on with Vlad, though, um, I ha- also have a theory that um, he claims he is he's into women, but like he just loves attention. Yes. Not on the stage. I mean, like just, you know, in, oh, general, in general, in life. Yeah. In life. He, just, he wants everybody's attention. He, want, he, he wants people. Be... He wants people to want him, mm-hmm. but he will go after female identifying folks. And tease anybody else he doesn't want. I got that. I mean, I'm not gonna lie. When I when when I when I was you know 20 years younger and watching watching that ending scene where he takes a shirt, he's dripping wet and everything. You know, I was I I was like, you gotta be kidding me. Yeah, hello, (laughs) hello. And now I'm watching it older, and I'm like, oh, you are an asshole. Yeah, you know why? Because I've known that guy. Yes, <laughs> in real life. <laughs> yeah, I mean, now I have the twenty years of expe- of living, and we know people like this. So, like, that's a real person. That that's based off somebody that guy knew. <laughs> so yeah. let's get more. I want to talk more about the songs now, because okay. there's some things that I'm just I I like when they do. I'm still here. I never understand what they are actually auditioning for because you'd think you saw them, uh, you you see Vlad audition and there's that whole line of people and they're mm-hmm. like cast them based off of that. But I'm like, are they auditioning or are they like, sh- is it? Well, so it, they do follies in the show, in the movie. Mm-hmm. But like, I, don't, I, I was so confused. Like, <laughs> Well, and all three of them. it's like skipping around through the summer like really quickly and i guess this burt guy showed up late and so they just or did on time but <laughs> Drunk. yeah yeah so i'm guessing they just did separate auditions far. for his stuff you know and then and so and also this time watching it when they finally when they do dream girls i was just like why i mean i i think i understand why they put ellen into it because they want to show she wanted to showcase her voice or they wanted to showcase this actress's voice but i was like why not just do d or one of the turkey lurkey backup singers like (laughs) have an actual person of color sing this song well here's the thing so this movie was the first time i ever heard uh i'm not i'm telling you i didn't even know what dream girls was before this movie Okay. So when I saw this, I was like, I didn't get it. I was like, what is going on? I don't understand. And I just thought, because they were talking about, you know, that this was right after the scene, the whole like, oh, you know, we're not Jewish, you know, we're black. Uh-huh. And he was, all right. So then they decided to do Dream Girls and they put Ellen in the lead role of Effie. And you're like, this white girl playing Effie. Yeah. So I look back now, knowing and seeing, having seen, I just, I've only seen the movie, but still, um, and you go back and, and you look at it and you're like, this is kind of funny and in a bad way. Like, it's like, yeah, um, shock funny. You know what I'm saying? Like, like oh my God, like taken aback. Like, and he, she's singing to this little kid. It's like the oh, Petey. <laughs> that little Petey, and he runs oh, off. And... <laughs> it's so funny. She has to bend down to talk to him because he's like the boyfriend or the manager guy, whatever his name is. He has to. And she's yelling, yeah. I'm telling you. <laughs> and you're like, it's, oh my God. 
But then, the, so I think that was supposed to be an actual joke. Who <laughs> like casting oh, yeah. her? But also to showcase because she does sing well, but I don't want to like super compliment her because not the right person for that song. Well, right. Um, well, no, for, for the role, you can even anybody can sing a yes. song. I just think for the role, you know. For the, you, thank you for correcting me. Yes, the role of Effie should not have been. I would have loved to hear Sasha Allen, who plays D, sing "Belt Her Face Off" in that. Well, the funny thing is, she's standing in the background, and you see, yeah, like, one of the, yeah, I guess one of the other singers, and uh, probably, yeah. And she's just standing there looking at her like mad. Like she looks mad that she's like, that should have been my part. <laughs> but some of the other there's some other theatery jokes in this. Like, um, I had to look this one up. When Fritzy and and Jill are introduced to us, the audience, and they are meeting at the bus stop and everything in the beginning, um, Fritzy says that they were in Night Mother together. Night Mother is a two-person show. Oh. So yeah. I didn't know that. I yeah. thought that, I thought I thought Night Mother was the name of the the cabin. No, night, <laughs> we night were in Night Mother together. Yeah. So, like, even on IMDb, they're like, this just shows how like vapid and self centered Jill is because she can't remember that. It, and it's like a it's a play. Very from what I was reading, it was very like powerful, and it's like one character is about to commit suicide. And they're trying to like tell their mother, you know, like, so really dramatic, so yeah. really like heavy stuff. And the fact that Jill doesn't remember Fritz, her one co-star. <laughs> but then the another joke that I realized is when they do ladies who lunch. Mm-hmm. So we see Jill get ready, presumably at the beginning of the show or of the performance. And ladies who lunch is like the second to last or third to last song of the show. Mm -hmm. So like whatever that dry, that uh, cleaning fluid that she drinks, like took some time. She gave her small doses and maybe she just sipped it. She microdosed her. (laughs) She microdosed her. Yeah. Uh, That was another one I would have. Most of these actually, I hadn't heard for the, ever until this movie so it introduced me to a lot of shows like quickly and i was like oh okay and then saying having like the little um the title card come up before each one yes was smart i love because that. it entered is like anybody like me who might be interested and like oh okay that's that's a real play okay you know and, ex- and and again before the internet boom that we currently have exactly so i was familiar with it when things started coming up and i had a friend who I actually made all these like compilation DVDs of like um, movie TV, um, like stage performances of all these plays, just like all these different like musical numbers. And we did musical Mondays at a local bar. So everybody would come and we'd come on the screen. People would sing along. And um, so, yeah, this was in Memphis. So at least we, you know, we had fun things like that. Uh, And it was, it was, yeah, he would add in modern stuff, old stuff, like, vaudevillian era to now like all the way to high school musical like it, it he did everything right it so was really mo- fun so this movie introduced you to sondheim mm-hmm. basically basically yes uh rest in peace <laughs> yeah. i'm not gonna i'm not gonna lie when bert reads the kids to filth and is like uh times square is a playground uh 
and he lists the people who are dead, my brain was like, and Stephen Sondheim is now dead. Like, obviously mm-hmm. not when they made this movie because he shows up later, but like me, John, had, in 2023. If this movie had had sequels, he would have been the Stan Lee <laughs> of this universe. <laughs> I, oh my God. I was just, and it's, it was so nice to see, refreshing to see him. And like, they have three of his song, three songs in there in this movie of his. Mm-hmm. Um, which are Losing My Mind, which is sung on the bus. Um, mm-hmm. I'm Still Here. Both of those are from Follies and then Ladies Who Lunch from Company. Which is interesting because I would... <laughs> Company is also a very adult show. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Have you seen it? or I've seen um, a great a good amount of it with... Um... What's his name? Uh, Raul Esparza. Raul Esparza. Yeah. Yeah. So, I think my friend had the the DVD of that and burned it for me, and I never got to finish it. But <laughs> so to it. to go back to John being personal, one of my first shows at Stage Door that I designed was Company, mm-hmm. and they did it with the sixteen to eighteen year olds because it's such an adult show and everything. Um, and, and it's a little, it's not adult in the material; it's more adult in the acting. Like you need, they need, you need to, um, you need to be more act. seasoned. Yeah. 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 You can't do this with 10 year olds. Like I would love to see a 10 year old sing ladies who lunch. I'm not going to lie to you. Company junior. <laughs> I think it'd be hilarious. We do those here all the time. We have like a family theater and they do like versions of move of different plays and so-and-so junior. So that'd be hilarious. <laughs> I, I was intrigued by the song selection in this. And I, I don't know, did you feel like that there was some like deeper meaning behind the ones that they chose? Or do you think that they were just like the ones that were available? Um, It's probably a little yeah. of both. Um, there's probably like, we need a, a big number and we need this type of number. You know what I mean? It's probably like, what can we get that's the cheapest and, yeah. you know, that kind of stuff. And then there was probably like, all right, but I definitely need this number. Because I really want to do this one, you know, or like Ladies Who Lunch. That's probably one who's like, we got to do Ladies Who Lunch because this is perfect for this part. And, you know, and um, I think like Century Plant, like you said, is probably one they plucked out because it was available. And they're like, we could do this one and we could say, because mm-hmm. no one knows it. And it's really obscure, you know, and, you know, and they probably, we need to write one or two, you know, so they're like, so we can save money on that. And we have our own originals. Um, and so they oh. get somebody to do that, you know. And I think I sing for you is all, God damn it. So I'm on the Wikipedia page for uh, camp and I'm seeing, I sing for you. Cause I was thinking of like Vlad's songs and throughout the movie, like Vlad is supposed to, is supposed to have a little bit more of a uh, pop music, non Broadway or musical um, music education. Cause he right. talks about these other references and, um ellen is like i have no idea what you're talking about so like wild horses is written by mick jagger and mm-hmm. um rolling stones yeah uh yeah uh, mick jagger and keith richards and but i'm looking at i sing for you and that's also written by michael gore and lynn Aarons. so i don't know if that's actually well they said it was yeah i don't know do you see it as related to any plays or anything because that was supposed to be there is no hyperlink for it so okay i know it's really hard to find you're like wait but it could be i don't know ah (laughs) but Uh, while you're while you're looking it up like i have a little like my friend said because he he knows a lot of the one who put together the musical uh compilation dvds he um 
he gave me who he's like yeah we watched this because i was like you might like this you know because it has this stuff in it and it's about a camp and it's you know he liked it of course and um he was like yeah that turkey lurkey dance they they really did the dumbed down version of that dance <laughs> yes and i was like what because it still looks complicated to me and i'm like and then he showed me the real one i was like holy crap like this is whoa <laughs> i have to though give them credit for doing that though because it mm-hmm. is it is difficult it is on the level of Janet Jackson's if and my I froze I froze do it my computer froze for me doing it let's put it that's <laughs> I know, you, all of a sudden I just saw your hand move like stop yeah. I'm like oh da, 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 da. Okay. Um, I do I I did a quick google on I sing for you and it does seem like it was written for this movie so okay which is interesting though because it it feels like an actual like song that vlad i mean vlad obviously knows it but like it seems like a rolling stonesy but it was supposed to be from burt's play i thought one of his oh yes or his, the, uh, the, the, the children's, children's hour. crusade or the children's crusade children's yeah. hour is a different movie that's a totally that's, different one that's a different <laughs> that's a different play entirely that's a very different play <laughs> very different play <laughs> children's crusade which is supposed to be like his one and only hit but he has other ones that are lesser known if mm-hmm. I or like unpublished or unproduced because um, like they, when they make a big deal before Century Plant uh, that he allegedly wrote <laughs> <laughs> not Victoria Williams that bitch stole it <laughs> uh, uh, but Dustin is there anything else you want to talk about before we get into Sharp and Flat? Uh, I'm trying to think. Um, so uh, yeah, have that, have that. Alan, yeah, uh, yeah no. <laughs> um, I did. I do want to say though that for ladies who lunch, I did, I did write down Tony Award nominee Anna Kendrick, everyone, because she was on Broadway prior to this movie and was nominated for a Tony for High Society. Oh, okay. Um, so she is a. It it's also interesting. Uh, I know we're going. I want to go into trap and flood, but I want to just say it's interesting. Like looking up these actors, and it feels like if this wasn't their first role, and they have like a smattering of other things, not a full full healthy career, but mm-hmm. like um, a smattering of things afterwards. This is like the only thing that they're in, except for like a handful of people, and even then. Like I uh, like I said, Robin DeJesus and Anna Kendrick are the ones that like blew up. Yeah. Um, although... You would have thought like Daniel Letterly would have had like some heartthrob thing going on. And you're like, what happened to him? He did like four movies. And that was he it. did like, yeah. And then also um, Sasha Allen. Like I know that she was in the revival of Hair as the Aquarius singer and and part of the tribe and everything. But like I was. I, I think she was on The Voice. I think I read something. She was on The Voice. Oh, because I want I really do like her voice and I I I, I think she did a great job in this movie. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know how old she was when they filmed this, but assuming that she's late teens, maybe 20. Because mm-hmm. I mean, all these kids look like kids. They're all close to kids age, at least. Yeah. Yeah. They didn't they didn't do like, you know, Greece where they're where Stalker Channing was 35 years old when she filmed that movie. <laughs> <laughs> like they actually yeah. hired children to play these parts and like Robin DeJesus I know that like when he's Michael not in the full beat or anything like that's his real skin like they didn't add pimples or anything that's 
them. Right. So, and I, I believe they did that for all of them. Like they didn't try to hide their pimples. They wanted to like celebrate that they were kids. Yeah, they probably just gave them a little bit of powder for the shine, and that's about it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, um, unless they were obviously performing, and then mm-hmm. they would put make a ton of makeup right. on them. Well, but, not, yeah, yeah. I mean, I really, I, I, I appreciated that because all watching this when I was, let's do some quick math. Okay, when I was fifteen, um, probably. 14, 15 years old, I saw this movie and like, I saw myself, you know, mm-hmm. like, like there's some other teen movies where you, you can relate or anything, but like I was into theater and I was of the age that, or close to the age of them. So like, I, I think I really, I think why this movie holds a special place in my heart is because like, because of that, because mm-hmm. I saw myself, because I felt represented in a way like you're not being a teenager and loving theater that yeah. was more so that's more of the point i'm trying to make yeah i agree with that like i think that's the reason why i still connected with it and i was 22 you know i wasn't too far removed from high school but i still was doing theater and whatnot and it's still still a kid for the most part <laughs> and you know and then like you had other th- stuff come out after that i would still kind of grab on i would still grab I'm like oh i loved high school musical loved it even though you know, I was in my twenties and I liked Glee, loved it, you know. So uh-huh. it's like it's all about I love the, the the stories of being a kid who loves to perform, you know what I mean? And and then just getting it wacky with it. So But even those two that you mentioned, there are some cast members who are way older. Oh than yeah, what they're totally. Playing. Oh yeah, I agree. I agree with that. But you know, for the most part, they were all I've... pretty close to the age. So Yeah. All right, let's get into Sharp and Flat, shall we? Yeah. Sharp. Flat. So in this section, we're going to highlight some moments, whether or not we talked about it. If we liked it, it's sharp. And if we didn't like it or thought it could change, it's flat. Dustin, what do you want to start with? Do you want to do sharps? Do you want to do flats? Um. Well, I'm going to tell you right now, I don't really have a lot of flats. Um, Great. Let's start there then. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh. Well, what are your flats? Um, I mean, I don't really have anything as far as like song performances. Um, it's all encompassing, you know. I know. I'm like, yeah. I, I mean, the, I would say probably. You know what? I'm gonna say that some the uh, adult acting disappoints me. I can understand kid acting. Yes, totally understand that. Un, you know, like we were talking about unseasoned and whatnot. You know, you're still you're still grab. I think the kids were better than the adults in this movie as far as the performing in general. Well, I mean, the kids were running wild the whole movie. Well, yeah, but I'm talking about literally like I was more convinced that the kids were who they were than I than the adults playing the parts they were playing. Interesting. Like, I, I see your point. You can see that they put more effort, time and effort into it felt. And, you know, it's some, some of these like instances, like some of the, the comedic parts with the adults felt very stagey. Like that, you know, they do stage work. They haven't, they're not used to not doing movies. And so like that part where, where um, Bert comes in and he has the, you know, he first comes in, he goes, Oh my God, you've been drinking. And then he goes, like when you say drinking, that sounds, that looked and felt very like it should have just been on stage. You know what I'm saying? Like (laughs) just the delivery at all. And I was like, Oh, there's there's little parts like that throughout spattering throughout it. Like it would have killed on stage as a, Oh yeah, totally. Everybody was like, Yeah, that's hilarious. And this, it was like, uh-huh <laughs> you know you just kind of uh that's about it that's all i got out of me um so my flats 
Um, I want to flat Ellen playing Effie. Okay. Because it could have been better. I feel like if they flip-flopped her and D, we're like, I mean, they could still have her in the show, but like, I feel like, and I am telling you, for a performance of in Dreamgirls should have been done with one of the women of color. You know what I was thinking? Because it was after that conversation, and I'm not, I'm not doing it to convince you. I'm not saying this to convince you or anything. But yeah. I was just thinking about this. So it was right after the conversation of, you know, the, the two black brothers saying, hey, we want to play in a black show. And they're like, okay, sure. And then they give the lead to a white girl. Yes. It was like they still did it anyway. They still underhanded yes. them. So that was kind of like the statement that was making this still happens, even in a freaking theater camp for kids. And, you know, they would probably do it on, you know, professional stage, too, <laughs> if they could. That's the kind of message it was giving. Um, I also want to flat Ooh. Ellen's brother. He's only in one scene, but I hated him. Oh, he was a jerk, man. He's a, he Vlad asshole but like some redemption there like this guy is just a flat out asshole like there is he's throwing shit he's he I mean I get it he's also like a expository character in a way mm -hmm. a catalyst uh, to, to you know yes. show you what she goes through or whatever yeah but like they could, I mean they wrote him just right that I hate him and that's mm -hmm. why I'm flatting him <laughs> um <laughs> But my other, my last flat is to Jenna's parents and the fat shaming with the other characters. Oh, yeah. I fucking hate, I fucking hate her dad. Her dad can go. Well, go, I hated her mom because her mom was a freaking pushover. Well, yes, but at least the mom at the end was she just like, said, no, was like, no. The dad, though, with the we wired her jaw shut with the we have to do this again next summer because you didn't lose weight. Like, who the fuck do you think you are? I know. He goes, how could you do this? You've been like this. How could, I don't understand how you had this like all summer and you still look like that. It's like, oh, that's even worse. Yeah. And like, I could I feel like, though, if they said, hey, we're concerned for your health, you're like borderline type two. Diabetes. The doctor said you need to lose weight. That kind yes. of thing. Yeah. I could, I, I would still be upset with them, but I can be like, I can. There's a reason behind understand it. Understand this, yes. She's just an average teenage girl. Mm -hmm. Let her be. She's like, just pear shaped. That's just how she's shaped. Let yes, her be shaped, you know, people are shaped differently. And like, look at Lizzo. Lizzo talks about how she, she's, I think, vegan, so she eats vegan food. She's fucking nailing it in concerts dancing up a storm playing the flute and running around the stage she work i've seen videos of her working out and she's she's still plus size like mm -hmm. that but like that That's happens what you're meant to be you know yeah. some people are just meant to be that way now you, she actually puts in the work and everything and i mean i'm not saying anything other than you know other people don't there's a difference though. So there's other people right. who are plus size who don't put in a nearly as much work as she does. And she's still plus size. So we don't know if those people are meant to be that way or not, but it's not for me to judge. But like you're sending your daughter to theater camp. Theater can be cardio. Exactly. So, like if she takes all the dancing classes, the dancing classes you put. Um, I mean, just being outside and uh, walking around and everything like that. Um, they also, I can only speak for for this from the stage door side of it, but like they set they set a menu, a lunch menu or like food menu, and like 
you, that's what you're that's what everyone eats you know mm-hmm. unless you have obviously special dietary needs or you're allergic to something then they'll make you something else but like she's not eating like a ton of junk food she she's seems shakes the, the chicken breast it's chicken I, breast. Oh, okay that's right like I always thought she said chicken broth, but like slurred it. No, <laughs> chicken broth. It's chicken. It's chicken broth. Um, but like, I mean, and we see her, especially like in the dumpster scene when they're oh, yeah. rehearsing, quote unquote. Like, you're gonna sweat your ass off in a dumpster. I don't care uh-huh. who you are. In the summer, sitting there in metal. Yeah, yeah. You you're gonna sweat. So like, she seems pretty active. To, as a character mm-hmm. and her dad j- just like can go fuck himself um let's go to sharps <laughs> um wait, wait, wait one more flat i got one more flat. oh you got one more flat okay one more flat the other one was uh uh buddy the 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 athletic counselor <laughs> why was he there when they know no one's gonna use him no one's gonna go work out or play a sport with this guy why are you yeah. even paying this man to be there and that he's he's just a joke Oh, I know, I know, but I'm the just saying in joke. general, yeah. like, man, yeah, like cheap joke. It was yeah. cheap joke. Cheap joke. I'm trying to again. Well, actually, it wasn't cheap. To... They had to pay an actor to say these lines. <laughs> I <laughs> have a to stupid I, joke again. I have to disassociate myself from stage door versus camp ovation. Like, <laughs> like whatever they're gonna do. You never know, though. Vlad brought a football. That's true. With him, football. But why didn't we see a scene where he's like, hey, man, you want to go play some football <laughs> or basketball or something, you know, to uh, who knows? It may be on the cutting room floor. Uh, and then it probably is. And then they had an affair. <laughs> no. <laughs> um, OK, what are your sharps? OK, so I have favorite like um, performances and that's Ladies Who Lunch. OK, here's where I stand and Century Plant. Simply yes. for the scenes in general, like for what they are part of, you know what I'm saying? Yes. So like the ladies who lunch is that whole revenge thing and Anna Kendrick's Fritzy stealing the spotlight, right? And just Anna Kendrick singing. Give right. And it was great. Yeah. Perfect. And she really stood out because I'm like, later on, I was like, hey, that's that girl from camp. <laughs> and Brady's like, what's camp? I'm like, yes. well, let me tell you a little story. Yes, anyway. I've had similar experiences because like y- y- she... I don't remember pitch perfect maybe and i was like yeah. camp <laughs> like, i know she could sing this is nothing yeah this, this doesn't impress me i already know um <laughs> right, I'm, on the, I'm, in, I'm in on that secret um so here's where i stand where you know what's her name oh my gosh what is the girl's name in the show jenna jenna yes the one who has her jaw wired shut and they had to cut it because the the girl uh who was supposed to perform that so i believe it was supposed to be a duet between jill and fritzy um uh, and that's, that's a when duet. <laughs> right but like i guess they buried the hatchet uh, from company and everything and they're like gonna just perform um but do you remember uh jill has the bra- breaks out she had to toss the makeup and then she attacks fritzy well, did she well i we never see anything like I like we don't, they... but you're left to assume just by how like nonchalant Fritzy's like, oh whatever, sit down, you know. And... and then and then um Jill attacks her, so uh Jill has the massive breakout on her face and Fritzy's injured. Right. So, so that's they right. Were like... that's an... They're like, We need somebody, we know you can sing. We just gotta get your mouth unwired. That's and, such a glee moment as well. Oh, it totally was. That's t- totally a glee moment. 
And that's why I love it because it's just so kind of absurd, but it's fun, you know. And then Century Plant because of the whole everybody's getting together to inspire somebody to, you know, restart his life type of thing. You know, I like that kind of story, you know, um, when people like back somebody up and like really come together to try to inspire them to be themselves kind of thing. I like that kind of story. Uh, Do you have any other sharps? Nope. That's it. Okay. So I want to sharp Anna Kendrick and Sasha Allen first. Okay. To me, they are, they are like the breakout stars of this. I mean, (laughs) yes, uh, Robin DeJesus and everything, but he's, Build as the lead as one of the leads, so I well, was. I technically kind of is the lead because it bookends with him. So yeah, so I wanna I wanted to give this to more because like this introduced, like we said, this introduced us to Anna Kendrick and mm-hmm. what a healthy career she has, and like Sasha Allen starts the movie singing "How Shall I See You Through My Tears," and like that's really it. I mean, she's she has a couple lines in Century Plan and in The Want of a Nail, but like, and then she sleeps with Vlad at one point. Uh, Michael, she sleeps with Michael. Oh, makes oh, out with oh wait, Vlad. no, I thought she. Oh, make that with what? Never mind. Yeah, I forgot about that. Yeah, come on. Did you watch uh. the movie? <laughs> <laughs> um, I also am striping whoever did Robin De Jesus drag makeup or mm-hmm. or performative makeup with the eye. Like the fact that they it looks professionally done, and this is two thousand three. Like. <laughs> I mm-hmm. know, I know, unless Michael, like, met up with some drag queens and got some tips and things like that, like, that face would not look as perfect. This was a theater person doing the makeup, not a drag, not a drag persona, or, you know what I mean? Right. Like, it wasn't somebody from the drag era. So, drag like, era. so, like, saying? you know, the eyebrows, the slight contouring happening, I was like, whoever did your makeup and designed it, kudos, I'm sharpening you. Um, I also want to sharp the music. I like, I do like all the songs personally. Oh yeah. The music is great. They picked all the right songs and made and wrote the right songs. Everything fit well into this movie. Um, I also, I want to sharp Petey dressed as an old lady. (laughs) It's so funny and cute. He looks like he's trying to be Sophia from Golden Girls. Yes, that's what I'm going to (laughs) say. Um, and also I want to sharp some of the dialogue in here is very profound to me so like like a lot of Vlad's dialogue as we talked about him being basically neurodivergent and Mm -hmm. admitting that but then also like the like this is what makes me believe that these are actually teenagers the way that he talks about uh, asks Michael about if he tested uh, or tried out being hetero mm-hmm. i was like that is kind of interesting because like you know you you uh, uh you never really i don't know what i want to say about this but like that that is something that like a lot of, like you just know what you like but like he's like well how do you know and I know that there's been a reverse argument from like a gay person saying that to a straight person. Mm -hmm. So it's very interesting to see that, but also another like part dialogue that like felt really profound, although wrong words, but I like the sentiment was when Bert at the end talking to, I think his name is Glenn. Yes. Glenn, the Mm -hmm. counselor that we've talked about before um, where he's like, he basically says like we can't let we can't 
force these kids to conform into what we as adults want. Like we have to let them be. He doesn't say mm-hmm. those words, but that's the sentence. It's essentially the message he's giving. Yeah. Yes. And I was like, this is pretty profound for a 2003 indie film. Yeah. But the thing is, that's the thing that people who do theater already know. Like we know this is how people are in theater. They're very, most of the part they're accepting. They're very, you know what I mean? They're very collaborative mm-hmm. and, um, the drag it's, birthday, it's, like, right. Everything. And it's, so you just kind of, it, it, it's one of those things you just know about if you're in the theater community or just even adjacent to it, you know, in college, it didn't have to actually be in the, you know, I, I would count that if you're a theater kid, theater student in college, you know, you can be in the theater community, but, um, you just know it's just like one of those things where, yeah, you, you just let people be for the most part, you know, and that's why it makes me so mad when I see celebrities who aren't like that. I'm like, what is wrong with you, you actors, you know, performers that are like not like this? I'm like, where did you grow up? And I'm like, you were never a theater kid. You somehow snuck your way in. Yeah. <laughs> you know, because otherwise yeah. you'd be a more loving person. <laughs> but also the it, it's really interesting watching this movie now after everything that's been going on, especially with politics attacking mm-hmm. the the trans community and drag this queens isn't well. new guys this is from 20 years ago well this is well, something a character is most likely like you, we said trans or non-binary or something even though it's not described that way it this was from 20 years ago so it's not a new thing i wish people would quit acting like it was but also like i watching the scene with the drag birthday the birthday scene was just very beautiful because like they it like what you were saying it's them except like being like we love you we're family we we see you in a way mm-hmm. and yeah, so exactly and and like i'm watching this and i'm like they're not influenced by drag queens drag kings whatever they they're just doing this to support their friend and that's and that's also like across the board i think what all kids would do they don't drink Bud Light. Right. Target wasn't sponsoring Pride at that point. Right. So yeah. I I feel like whatever community you're in, theater, sport, a, a sports team, debate, mathletes, whatever, like once you find your tribe, basically, um, as a kid, I feel like they got your back no matter what. Mm-hmm. So oh, yeah. And I feel like that's that's like not the loudest message from this movie but it's still a message from this movie mm-hmm. yeah it, it is and it, and it, but it shows it it doesn't have to like tell you it just shows you yes yes the camaraderie you know the family feeling the chosen family thing you know that's basically where that's like your summertime chosen family yeah and like and like michael kind of says it at the beginning when he's like he he came to the camp mm-hmm. or not in the beginning when he's talking to vlad in in the theater but it's it it's still a beautiful movie yeah it um, is uh even with add- its flaws and everything like that it's it's really beautifully done as far as like you know the, the sentiment behind it especially. oh it's it's not as messy as some other movies i've done oh, where you no. look back where you look back and you're like seven bites of seven brothers you're a terrible movie from the get <laughs> but like this one has has some messiness to it but like I guess it's not as problematic as it could have been. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, there's that one thing that we've discussed at length with the, and I'm telling you, but like, that's just a point that they're trying to make. And mm-hmm. I think they made it 
incorrectly, but like we get it. Yeah. It's it's there. Um, would you add any of the songs to your life's playlist? Definitely. Um, mainly I would say here's where I stand. That's just some of those ones you're just like, yep, this is me. I'm not changing. You can't change me. If I'm gonna stand, if I'm gonna change, it's gonna be me changing. You know what I mean? Like that kind of yeah. You know, I am I am who I am. It's just like I am who I am, basically. <laughs> In a so way. I listened to this album on the reg. Um, I only skip the um the non-performative songs that they have. So like they have there's some non-diegetic. Am I using the right word? The background songs, basically, that... Um, oh, you mean soundtrack, here. not show tunes. Or... Yes. Okay. Yeah, so, like... Um, like the Skyway. There's a song, Skyway, that, yeah. yeah. I, I skip that one. Sometimes, I'll, if it's on, I'm like, okay, whatever. And then I'll remember, oh, it's in that movie. But, <laughs> I mean... It's the only if, movie I know it's from. I know what it's from. <laughs> if I had all the songs that were performed that I lit put on the outline for you um i think i would listen to all of them yeah Yeah. no i do i have the soundtrack as well and i i listen to it all but i mean as far as like but not all the the songs are in it (laughs) no they're not which i didn't understand i was like why didn't we have more of these i don't i kind of wanted like to see like have like fuller performances of like i'm still here and you know yeah, because like those are three great singers that they got. Oh, that was a funny scene though. You know, the <laughs> that one girl's like they're both they're all different too. One girl's just kind of like, I'm here, I'm just kind of here. And the one girl's really belting it out, and that's the one who gets it. And she's really doing it, like she's really acting. <laughs> she's pushing that acting button. And then the one oh, that, girl's just kind of like, Yeah, I'm but here. I mean, <laughs> but I mean, like I, they were all belting their faces off. I, and oh, I they believe... were, they all were. I believe that's the only one that was probably recorded there because it uh-huh. didn't sound like a track. Mm-mm. You know what I mean? Yeah, I, I totally agree. Yeah, that's probably why they didn't have it on the soundtrack, obviously. But I would have loved to have, have had like a, a fuller performance of that and you know, maybe even another one. I mean, just put some more in there. We need to another Sondheim. He's there. Yeah. Like... You know, I always loved when they like when soundtracks used to have come out with like a part two soundtrack from like other songs yeah. they inspired by. And so it was like, oh, and then they sometimes would do like, oh, we did have this in the movie originally, but then we took it out, but here it is in the soundtrack, you know, and you're like, What? Yeah, kind of for time. It would have been cool if like you would have had more Anna Kendrick songs, you know, singing some Sondheim or anything else, you know what I mean? That would have been really cool. I love her. Dustin, we're done with the episode. What do you uh-huh. have to- what do you have to plug or put? I know it's so fast, right? I know. Went by so quickly. <laughs> but what do you have to plug or promote? Well, you know, you have my podcast, The Rewatch Recap, where I rewatch older shows and recap them with a guest. And we go through every episode of the season of the show, and then we go to another show, and then we start another season for another show. Um, and Dustin can read and watch. Um, I, I've been on hiatus on that, but I'm bringing it back and it's going to be more of a panel show and it's going to be, we're going to talk about books and current shows that we watch right now, as well as like current pop culture and just, just in general, just a chat show, you know what I mean? So it'll be like three or four guests at a time. So and it'll be really fun. So I'm waiting for my invite to either. (laughs) You will be invited, I promise. Because currently on the rewatch recap, you're doing... The Magicians. Yes, that'll be ending at the end of June. And then in July, we'll be picking up with the first series of Coupling, the sitcom from 2000. Oh, interesting. Wait, like you're done done with Magicians? We're coming back with season two for that. 
later oh, okay. on this year. But so we're gonna you're go to... done with season one, and then you're going to do coupling right. for a few episodes, and then you're going to go back. Got you. No, I understand. What, what we're doing is going, um, so it's going to be the magicians, then coupling, and then we're going to do uh, Snick shows, or anything that was on Saturday Night Nickelodeon. Oh, my God. Do, uh, a month of Glee, and we're also going to do a month of Buffy. <gasps> and then we're going back to the magicians. <laughs> I better be on some of these episodes. well i know you said you want to do season three and we're only going into season two so far so we'll uh, get there as far can, as magicians goes we can talk some more about this because oh, okay. i watched a lot of those shows that you listed um but <laughs> if you actually have a history with the show as much as i i'm uh, sorry if you actually have a history of this movie as much as i do you can email me at buttersongpod at gmail.com i'm also on facebook instagram twitter and tiktok at buttersongpod did you go to stage door i know i've had so Dustin, I don't know if you know this, but I've had past guests were former campers as well as employees of Stage Door Manor. So, oh, okay, well, that's interesting. Yeah, really, they might all listen to this then because they're probably all aware of the movie. I'm very sure. Oh, oh yes. I mean, why wouldn't oh, you? Be? Yes, hey, I went to that place where they had that movie that one time. <laughs> I'm also intrigued. There's an there's another movie coming out this year called Theater Camp, and. Mm-hmm. There's a scene that looks like that they filmed at Stage Door, but I'm not sure if that's true. So I'm intrigued by it. Yeah, I don't know if that's... I, I saw a quick thing. I, was, I, kept, I kept trying to look up in, information about camp, and I kept bringing up theater camp. And I was like, what the... What is this? I don't yeah, understand. yeah, it's, an, it's another one that's... I feel like it's camp 20 years later. <laughs> and, oh, okay. Well. But I don't know if that's true or not. So who knows? We may do it on this podcast. I don't know. And if you want to be part of next episode's conversation, well, we're doing another round of Second Chance Theater episodes, and we're starting with Chicago. Dustin, thank you so much for coming on. I feel like this is going to be, you're going to be a bestie of the pod real soon. Uh, <laughs> I hope so. It was fun. And everyone, thank you for listening, and bye for now. Bye. Special thanks to Justin Johnson for creating the podcast's artwork and to Nick Bombasino for composing the theme song and the jingles in this podcast. And thank you to CastBox for hosting this podcast. Bye again, everyone, and have a musical day.